traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. Uh, testing, testing. But what do we talk about since they got that guy? I mean, it's a oh, big, big sigh of relief. He's in custody. He wanted to be caught. He turned himself in. That's good. What's his name again? Frank James. Um, hey, look, evil guy, bad guy. Guys like that, though, have all kinds of problems. I'm not without compassion. I'm not without a certain, yeah, relax, everybody, a little bit of sympathy. If I was born when he was born and everything, if I, if I were born in his shoes and everything that happened to him happened to me, could have been me. You know who said that? Actually, Dale Carnegie. He learned to uh, basically not hate anybody. He said anybody. He could be anybody, if not for the hand of God. If everything that happened to, uh, let's see, John Wilkes Booth happened to uh, Dale Carnegie, and Dale Carnegie, the soul of Dale Carnegie, was born in 1831, whatever, and uh, everything that happened to John Wilkes Booth happened to Daniel Carnegie, the same thing could have happened uh, by another guy. Does that make sense? I, I, I know it sounds a little bit crazy to think, have sympathetic thoughts for a guy like this, but, but the left-wing media culture, the overreaction to what happened to George Floyd, as bad as that was, the nonstop systemic racism, white supremacy, America, a fundamentally evil place, the drumbeat of that nonsense. And then you got a guy like this with time on his hands. You know, 20 years ago, we didn't sit around looking at our phones all day. People went to work, and when you were at work, you worked. And now you're just all all of it. I call it digital osmosis. It's everywhere all the time. What's everywhere all the time? This kind of uh, this bad-mouthing of everything uh, America. Right, Joe Biden? Cut 47, please. We're confronting the stains of what remains the deep stain in the soul of the nation. Hate and white supremacy, and the violent, deadly insurrection on the Capitol nine months ago. It was about white supremacy. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, white supremacists. Focus on how to deal with the rise of white supremacy. We know now we must confront and defeat political extremism, white supremacy, and domestic terrorism. We've taken steps to acknowledge and address systemic racism and the scourge of white supremacy in our own country. Scourge. What a what a serious word. Wow. White supremacy. Sounds like Joe Biden is uh, the first president of South Africa after apartheid. All right. Now, he talked down America for his own selfish political ends to stop Trump, to convince uh, good people that this country is broken. So uh, I did some research yesterday, actually. When you're running for president, there are 
couple of big moments, right? The day you announce your campaign, that's a big moment. Uh, if you win the primary and uh, you become the nominee, that's a big moment. And then you give the nomination speech when you accept it, that's a big moment. And then what else? Uh, on election night, when you quote unquote win an election, that's a big speech, right? That's one of the big ones. And then you get sworn in as president if you really, right? If it all comes together, you get sworn in. You give a big inauguration speech. So I look back at all those speeches. The theme in every single one of them had something to do about white supremacy, fighting it, and uh, how systemically racist we are. All right? Um, 11 times. 11 times in like five speeches. 11 mentions. Not just little words here and there. I mean, thematically, on and on and on. Joe Biden talking about white supremacy how systemically racist we are as a country and all this stuff about the original sin of slavery and blah, 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 blah. And there he is at the age of 78. All those years, he got to Washington, D.C. in 1972, and suddenly, suddenly, in a matter of months, he goes from uh, centrist Joe to uh, we must pay reparations for slavery, all that nonsense. So now Joe Biden's white, right? White, mediocre man. Oh, boy, is he mediocre. Less than mediocre. Below average. So I was thinking, I went back, well, look, we have made progress in terms of race relations, right? Right? I mean, we're always making some progress. Barack Obama, that was a lot of progress. America elected a black man, more or less, right? I went back and looked at those speeches for him when he was uh, when he announced for president, when he won the primary, when he accepted the party's nomination, when he won on election night and when he gave his inauguration speech. Right. Very significant occasions in history in 2008, actually 2007, 2008, 2009. And I counted up all the references to white supremacy and systemic racism and the original sin of slavery. Right. And after tabulating all that and putting it on a spreadsheet, I came up with the answer. And mathematically, it is to the decimal point zero, 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 none, none, none whatsoever. And I would imagine to the extent that there is racism out there, um, Barack Obama probably had to deal with racism a bit more than Joe Biden. Yet Joe Biden's the one talking about racism every time he turns around. It was all a lie. They they did it, and they knew it was a lie. They did it for power, just for power. And they're still doing it. This isn't just stuff they said to get elected. This is how they're governing. Now, a lot of people didn't see this, but that little slimeball, Mayorkas, you know who he is? He's the Department of Homeland Security Secretary. Very strange guy. This is a guy they should impeach day one when the Republicans take over. Cabinet member appointed by Joe Biden he snakes into town. This is the Homeland Security Secretary. And by the way, I'm just realizing this. What the hell was he doing going to the National Action Network in Harlem to speak to 15 people up there? The Department of Homeland Security Secretary was in New York four days before this black nationalist nut job, Frank James, went to town on that train. Four days earlier. What is, you know, I've been to the National Action Network a couple of times. What a dump. I, you know, all that money they're taking in, they're not, they're not painting. Well, actually, they, they did put a mural up. But it's a weird place. And all kinds of derelicts walking around. They're not doing anything other than, who knows, where does Al Sharpton actually live? Anybody? It's a very complex situation with Al, as we all know. So uh, here it is. 
the guy who's in charge of protecting the homeland on a Friday, screwing around at the National Action Network, saying this kind of garbage. Are you ready? Four days before a true domestic terror attack, three miles away from where he's standing, and this guy is talking about what? Cut 48. The greatest terrorism-related threat that we face in the homeland is the threat of domestic violent extremism. Individuals drawn to violence because of ideologies of hate or false narratives propagated on social media and other online platforms. And the most prominent um, threat is the threat of white supremacists. Uh, he is, how do I put this? Um, well, uh, he's a fraud. He's an absolute fraud. Even his appearance at a place like the National Action Network, a cabinet secretary, and not just some silly fly-by-night Department of uh, Commerce. This is the Department of Homeland Security. That was, that was created in the aftermath of September 11th. Right. To protect us. And this guy is screwing around with identity politics before Al Sharpton's crew on our time, federal time. That guy's getting a paycheck right there as he's spewing that political nonsense. How about that? Now, white supremacy is an ugly thing. It exists. And four guys in West Virginia right now in the woods somewhere are talking about it and getting off on it and having a good time. And yeah, 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 yeah. Now, it's a free country. If you want to believe that nonsense, you can. Very, very, very few people do to the extent that it is a joke. It is not an existential threat and all that crap they want us to believe. So as they push this lie, uh, the Biden administration, MSNBC, the woke left, and a lot of cowardly, cowardly people out there who are know better and don't stand up and say something, Jay Johnson comes to mind, another Department of Homeland Security secretary under Obama, but I always thought he was a reasonable man. And I saw him interviewed once not too long ago and almost, oh, by the way, oh, wait, I got to say one more thing. White supremacy is the gravest threat to America. Like they told him to say that. He forgot to say it. And before the interview was over, he wanted to say it. So he said it. Uh, While they're focusing on January 6th and white supremacy and that I can't say my doubts, I can't voice my doubts on social media about the fairness of the 2020 election. I can't make fun of some idiot who is pushing transgenderism on children uh, or else I'll be banned. I might get a, a visit from who knows who knows what authority would check. I've got to watch my P's and Q's. But meanwhile, Frank James can, uh, let's see a little bit of our friend Frank James. Cut 41. This is the subway attacker, allegedly. Cut 41. The planet is reconfiguring. Climate change is desertifying arable land, which is land you can grow food on. Ocean rise is wiping out land you can grow food on. The population has to be reduced, you stinking black you filthy and all that's on your mind is and fighting and talking like the slave you are. What a bad guy. Bad guy. Uh, I think this one he goes off on women. Is this the one where he hates white women in particular? Cut 39. I keep telling you the same thing. White people and black people, as we call ourselves, 
should not have any contact with each other. You still refuse to understand this. This situation only uh, making that solid white majority more determined to do something they have had in the back of their minds but never wanted to bring to the forefront of their minds, which is to get rid of us. They, they just tolerate your existence. But one day our existence is going to be intolerable. And they're going to do what they do naturally. Kill. Commit genocide. This is what they do ultimately. When they become uncomfortable. Yeah. When they start to lose what they have. They have to find somebody to blame. It's not their fault. All right. Where's the one where he really rips into the women? And I think where he got this one from is from, let's see, uh, ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, all those people who went crazy on the so-called Karens. Those great women who dared stand up for themselves, but they had a big thing going against them. They dared to stand up for themselves while being white and getting into the most even minor, minor altercation, minor verbal skirmish with a person of color, then watch out. You are going down. Next, please. The, pl- Eric, the planet, Eric what? Adams, Eric Adams, what the f- what are you doing, brother? What's happening with this homeless situation? <laughs> I got on the E-train, every car, I, if I'm lying, I'm fine. Every car I went to was loaded with homeless people. And the odor, it, it was so bad, I couldn't even stand. I had, I had to keep moving from car to car. I almost just my train. Uh, all right. He hates Where's the one where he's talking about the women? Oh, how much? There, there's one. It's just, it's, it's so vile. He's going, let's see here. This is a... Uh... Try cut uh, 40, 40, 40. Let's not forget, I've been through a lot of where I can say I wanted to kill people. I wanted to watch people die right in front of my All right, never mind. You get the issue. He hates everybody, but mostly white people and especially white women and some black women. But, boy, he hates white women. Now, where would he have gotten all these ridiculous cues from? Yeah. I already said the usual suspects, mainstream, mainstream media talking about this. And if you got people like that already a little bit warped, hey, why did he suddenly uh, revert to a life of crime after he hadn't been arrested in 15 years? He got arrested 12 times over the years. I hear people saying, oh, it's an enormous rap sheet. Well, I've heard of worse rap sheets. And I've also heard of people arrested uh, more recently than 2007. So uh, this was brought on clearly by the left. And the FBI, they won't talk about something called BIE, Black Identity Extremism. They did for one brief shining moment when they were honest about it, but they were hit so hard, they stopped and they dropped it and were all more vulnerable. You see, in Joe Biden's America, terrorism, bad things only come from white people. I hate to, it's amazing, but it's that simple. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Remember that stupid slogan from uh, the 80s and 70s? Never let them see you sweat. What were they selling? Soap, Irish Spring, something like that? No, it's uh, it's okay for them to let, for you to let them see you sweat. You actually should sweat it out a bit, all right? That was Obama's problem. Too cool for school. Never wanted to uh, be seen not being cool. Never wanted to really, and he never did kick ass 
for America. Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you got to get red in the face. Sometimes you got to get in people's faces. He was just this cool, aloof, don't have to work hard for nobody uh, professor, right? Who got tenure a little bit too early, right? Just has it made in the shade. Uh, Trump, on the other hand, you know, <laughs> got everybody fighting him, people attacking him. And sometimes that brings out the best in you. And leadership isn't if you if you're afraid to look bad, if you're afraid to look goofy or even a little bit unhinged, you'll never be a good leader. Yes. Tact, appearance, cool under fire, all that stuff is uh, applicable to being a leader. But you don't want to be so cool, you're cold. And that was Obama. And man, oh, man, oh, man, I'm seeing it right now. What did we ever see in this guy other than the coolness? Yesterday morning, I wake up, and uh, my daughter, actually, we have her looking. I know we shouldn't be doing this, but there's some show on Netflix that she really likes. Those Wiggles, those Wiggles, they're like a clown troupe from Australia. They wear the silly suits, and they're jumping all over the place, singing songs. Anyway, kids love them. But... On the Netflix homepage, there's a picture of Barack Obama in the jungle, just standing there with his, uh, you know, in all of his splendor, Barack Obama. And it's like he's going to take us on a tour of the world's jungles and introduce us to all these animals like we've never heard of, like lions and tigers and gorillas. And, you know, we've seen it all a million times. But now we get to hear Barack Obama talk about it. Are you ready? Uh, cut 52. Panama Bay is one of my favorite spots in the world. I grew up in Hawaii. This was my backyard. My love of the natural world began here. When I was growing up, wild spaces and everyday spaces, they were one and the same. And they are today, too. Wild spaces and everyday spaces. Has he been to a drugstore lately? So he's walking on a beach by himself, talking about himself. I think he's probably at his happiest right there. While America is falling apart, this guy, secure in his fortress of billions and book deals and homes all over the place, walking on a beach, not giving a damn about anything. He is a selfish, selfish man. Truly. Because he has some gifts. Well, I don't want to call them gifts. Abilities, whatever, right? He's healthy. He's famous. He's got status. Get anybody on the phone in the world. How about going back to Chicago and organizing that community? Children of color are dying every single day. I thought you really cared. He doesn't. More of this crap. Cut 53. I want to make sure that the world's wild spaces are there for my kids and my grandkids. Join me in this celebration of our planet's greatest national park. They're not going to make it. A journey through the natural wonders of our shared birthright. You know how many grandkids are not going to be able to walk around some stupid jungle in 50 years if they're not saved right now? He's daydreaming about his grandkids and what national parks they'll get to go to. And we've got (laughs) mayhem. You know, 25 people were shot in Brooklyn and the Bronx in one day. This is like Baghdad. Man, oh man, oh man. Anybody, and I mean anybody, who ever thought this guy was a good guy, and I was one of them. I was fooled 
in 2008. Wow, look at that speech. Wow. There's not one red America. There's not a blue America. There's a United States of America. Wow. Why the How the hell could I have been conned so easily? I know I wasn't the only one. You wouldn't have won without people like me, without people like you. Wrapping up this nonsense, and he's actually really getting into it. He's trying to get into it. He's trying to be like a, you know, like a Jack Hanna type. You know, look at this, and I'm Barack Obama, and I'm going to show you the wonders of the world. And join us next week. Cut 54. Join me as we explore the wonders and secrets of some of the most extraordinary national parks on the planet. Uh, all right. If I want to see an elephant, I can do it right now. I got 5,000 videos on YouTube I can choose from. You can see anything you want involving an elephant. I saw something really cool the other day, actually. A bunch of lions in a tree all asleep as an elephant came walking by. And they were still checking each other out. It's just amazing stuff. You can get it at any time. I'm going to go out of my way to watch Barack Obama narrate something about something I've already seen. And he gets paid $60 million for it. Forgot to mention that. Uh Uh-oh, there's the music. I got to go. Be right back. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So, why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Here's an item. I thought it was a big deal and actually uh, I might be on this guy's side. Cops hunting man accused of smashing plates of whipped cream into people's faces. Now, is that even against the law? Come on. Right? Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Is it happening in Brooklyn? No, it's happening in South Carolina. All right. So there's a... Uh, Police said they are hunting a man who started randomly smashing people in the face with plates of whipped cream in Greenville Wednesday. And they got a picture of him. He looks like he's about 20 years old. He's got a big smile on his face. He's wearing a T-shirt. He happens to be an African-American man. And uh, he's holding a little tinfoil plate like a pie platter of, uh, of, of whipped cream. Surveillance image released by police showed the grinning suspect leaning up against a wall as he held a plate in one hand and a can of ammo in the other. I don't see his other hand. It's out of the, I guess that must be, what's the best whipped cream again? Um, not cool whip. What the hell do they call that? Ready whip? What is the stuff you put in your mouth? What is that called again? Ready whip? All right. None of you dumbasses knows. Ready whip. I'm sorry. When I just said that, do you know what that's from? That's from Full Metal Jacket. All right. All right. I was quoting a movie that was not meant as an insult. Well, I was quoting a particular line in that movie, but no. Is it ready, Whip? Hey, look, I'm the dumbass. I did not even know. I was, who the hell needs help on whipped cream? All right? That's me. Apologies. Uh, one of the targets uh, with a, wait, oh, this is, well, this is a problem. This is problematic. One of his targets was a woman who was pushing her child in a stroller on the sidewalk, cops said. The incident, which cops are treating as an assault, unfolded at about 2.30 p.m. near the main bridge in Greenville. Uh, I hate it when you're watching the news. They do this on local news all the time. 
sometimes on national news, but when they give you too much detail, you know, this is a national story, and I need to know that it's on uh, the, it was on the Main Street Bridge in Greenville. Anyway, police said they received multiple reports of similar incidents occurring throughout the day. All right, look, it's kind of he's a he, it's a funny image. He's looking right at the camera and he's smiling and he's got a plate of whipped cream. But if my wife were hit in the face with a pie as she was uh, pushing around our daughters, that would be that would be assault, and I wouldn't like it. But it did make me well. Uh, whatever. You heard my reaction, and that's, I'll put it down now. Do we have anything more to say about Barack Obama? No, he doesn't care. Hey, what about Michelle? Does she care? Let's check up on Michelle Obama. You know, there's a great big Showtime miniseries about first ladies. They make her look like a hero. They don't talk about Melania. Uh, They like Betty Ford because they highlight her substance abuse issues. And Betty Ford seemed to me to be a great lady, actually, one of the very first celebrities who came out and said, look, I got a problem and uh, I'm working on it. And then she set up that Betty Ford Center where other celebrities went for uh, rehab. Um, Let's see here. Here's Michelle Obama's. You know, she's got a movie and a TV show and a book. Nobody's read or watched any of these things. I did watch the documentary. Now, this will make it sound cool. It's not. Uh, Cut 55. of who I am happened in those eight years. So much more of who I was happened before. In high school, your guidance counselor didn't see in you what you saw yeah. in yourself. Yeah. She decided I was reaching too high. Oh my God. How did you, as a black woman, persevere? We can't afford to wait for the world to be equal, to start feeling seen. I feel like I got to share with you all that the energy that's out there is much better than what we see. How's everybody doing? So she's walking around talking about herself, but she surrounds herself with children and like, you know, hey, kids, ask me questions about me. And it goes on like this. And then anybody can make a documentary look cool or a movie look cool. You can. A little bit of clever editing and music. You can make, oh, I'd watch that. I'd watch that. And then you actually see it, and it stinks. I mean, how do you make an hour-and-a-half documentary about Michelle Obama, who hasn't done all that much? You can look at it. She really didn't. Um, a very ordinary person that they insist is special. So here is a moment where, I mean, this is right from the movie. She walks into a kitchen in some stadium you know she's about to take the stage i would feel so inadequate taking the stage if i weren't a comedian if i didn't have a uh, a guitar if i you know weren't a basketball player or an, a hockey player if i'm just going to stand there and tell lame stories about how my guidance counselor said i should apply to this school and that i couldn't get into that school hey michelle everybody had a crummy guidance counselor all right Nobody liked their guidance counselor. They always, I remember, they gave me some list of weirdo schools. He said I had a great career in data entry. I remember that. I'm like, what the hell are you? I don't, I, I just, I was appalled. I was appalled, but I got over it. I'm not talking about it. Well, I guess I am right now. But, uh, well, I didn't make a movie about it. So you can't only make that stuff. You can only talk about that stuff for so long. So then she starts talking about her clothes to her brother. This is in the movie. This is unedited. This conversation. I, Netflix. They're supposed to be really talented there at Netflix. This somehow made it 
into Netflix. Cut 56. Oh, I thought you were wearing the pink, John. No, that was for That's earlier, and then that had food on it. <laughs> that was for the day. That looks like two belts. It's one belt, but it's three separate. Oh, it's got a top belt, too. Oh, I see. But it's not separated? No, it's one belt. It's her brother. And is that the style to have your belt so high now? Is that the style? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I just asked. And it goes on like that for 90 minutes. <laughs> is that the style? Um, yeah, she is a bit overdressed, by the way, Michelle. She's got this. Uh, you can see it. I love nice clothes. I love a beautifully dressed uh, woman or person, man, whatever. I love it. I love it. But. You can overdo it, and she overdoes it. Somebody else who happens to overdo it, name in the news. This is a little bit of a backdoor way to get there. Um, the hell's her name again? Uh, oh, shoot. She's married to Dave McCormick, who's running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. D- Dina. Uh, Dina Powell. All right, so here's the deal. Dr. Roz is running for the Senate in Pennsylvania. He's my favorite. I like the guy. I love the guy. He's, a, he's running as a Republican. A lot of people out there saying, oh, no, 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 he's not a Republican. Well, you know what? Donald Trump just endorsed him. Oh, he's not MAGA. He's friends with Oprah Winfrey. Oh, yeah? Hey, Donald Trump talked about making Oprah his vice president, actually. Yes, he did. You can look it up. There are a million pictures of Dr. Oz with Oprah, million pictures of Donald Trump with Oprah. They're close. They're tight. So it sounds to me like I got some callers here in Pennsylvania. We'll get to you in a second. Uh, the The... The primary is May 17th, I believe. That's coming up. Is that a month from? It's a month from this weekend. It's a tight race, but I think Oz is in command, and that endorsement from Trump is going to be great. Hey, do we have Trump's endorsement here? No. We, uh, let's see if we can. Oh, cut 61. Go ahead. Yeah, play that. By the way, I endorsed another person today, Dr. Oz in Pennsylvania. Dr. Oz. Great guy, good man, good man, Harvard educated, tremendous, tremendous career. And they liked him for a long time. That's like a poll. You know, when you're in television for 18 years, that's like a poll. That means people like you, but he's a he's a great guy. Great guy, great surgeon. He can look at your heart, open it up, take it out, put another one in. I mean, this is incredible stuff. Huge talent. Very few people in the world can do that. He can. That kind of expertise, that has applicability for all of us. It really does. That's what the Founding Fathers had in mind. Not full-time swamp bureaucrats, career politicians like Nancy and Chuck and Joe. No, people who had lives outside of government. And that's Dr. Oz. I want to bring in Lou from a place called Zion Grove, Pennsylvania. Zion Grove, is that it? Where is that, Lou? Hi. That's correct. Hi, Greg. That's two hours west of the GW Bridge and about two hours from Philadelphia. Wow. And I'm out here, out here on a farm. Very cool. And, you know, it's easy for us to forget here in New York that there are places on Long Island that are farther away from the city than Pennsylvania. So, anyway, nice to have you. What's going on? Well, Greg, I was uh, wanted to comment on the social media. And just follow me here. We got a Supreme Court. They pass cases according to Constitution, constitutional decisions. I know who they are. There's nine of them. I know their faces. And 
I look and I see social media that these people are passing judgment on a constitutional fact of free speech. I don't know who they are. I don't know how many there are. Do they sit at a bench? Is there nine of them? They, they're thumbs wait, wait, up. you're talking about uh, big tech and what makes it onto social media and who's making those calls? Exactly. Who are they? I don't know their faces. Do you? I don't know their names. Well, Who we know some they? of their names. We know Zuckerberg. We know Sundar Pachai from Google. We know uh, Jack Dorsey from Twitter, who I guess is no longer at Twitter. Hey, Elon Musk may be taking over. Look, I know what you're getting at. I'm very, very, very uncomfortable with all of this power in private hands, unaccountable to us. I've said before, I don't know if you heard, Lou, I mean, if Thomas Edison refused to give the light bulb to anybody but those to whom he agreed with politically, we would have taken it from him. All right. We would have taken it from them and we would have been right to do so. And there are provisions in the law, actually, where we can do that. Hell, the uh, America broke up. The United States of America, people forget, broke up Microsoft, turned it into three different companies. Uh, that kind of power. No, they can shape. They can move elections. Mark Zuckerberg, that punk with all of his weirdo hangups. Anybody ever see that movie, The Social Network? He's crazy. Anyway. Who are the underlings? Who are the underlings? Exactly. They're a bunch of hipsters who seem to hate America, hate people like you and me. And uh, I don't think they should have that much power. It's crazy. Facebook is arguably more powerful than half the government. All right? I mean, it's it's just it, it, Facebook has more impact on our commerce than the Department of Commerce. So, Lou, I don't like it. I, I, what? I want to see their faces. I want to see their faces. Well, I, I all right. I mean, you want to see their faces. Well, you can look it up. I mean, their LinkedIn profiles. Then what are you going to do once you see their faces? I mean, I'm, I'm with you, man. I want accountability. But let's uh, – so what do you want to do? I mean, practically speaking, what are you thinking about? Well, don't you think Donald Trump's constitutional rights have been violated? Yeah, of course I do. Of course I do. And that's – hey, you know, you know that he's waging a class action lawsuit. But there are things that Trump should have done that he did not do, like what is that thing called? Uh, op, uh, 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 provision 230. There's some sort of publishing regulation that he could have revoked from these uh, guys. It would have hurt him a lot, would have made them much more accountable, but he didn't do it, didn't pull the trigger on it. I, I, I want accountability, too. Hey, listen, Lou, i got to ask you something. Uh, what are you hearing about the Senate election there? We love Dr. Oz. All right. You're not just saying Dr. that. Oz, you want to know why, Greg? Why? Because we we view Doctor Oz as clean, untainted, a, a man of the people. Whereas McCormick, yeah, maybe he's a nice guy and everything, but you know, he's like to, to us. We feel like he's got possibility of maybe going rhino on us. Totally, he's a, he's a Romney guy. And I think they're in it for all the wrong reasons. I think they're seduced by the power, the money of Washington, D.C., Dina and Dave, I call them. I don't trust them. I don't like them. Now, you just said Dr. Roz is a man of the people. I know people say, well, wait a second. No, he went to Harvard, and he's friends with Oprah, and he's like, that's okay. You know what? People, people, families, Americans, far more diverse than anybody realizes. You know, we love people no matter – don't be one of those people who hold people's credentials against them. And you're not like that. And I like that. But he's got ta- what? 
about Pennsylvania. All right. A lot of people, there's a lot of people out there listening. Let me tell you something about Pennsylvania. Don't think that we're like this blue state and don't believe what you hear. Pennsylvania is quadranted off into sections. Yeah, I know. We know that. I mean, it's a swing state. I mean, it's not solid blue at all. We think it went red last time, if you know what I mean. Lou, I appreciate it. I got another guy from uh, Pennsylvania. I can't pronounce the name of the town. His name is Daryl. What is this? McKaysville? McKaysville? It's McGackiesville, Virginia. McGackiesville. Yeah, that's where uh, Massanutten Ski Resort is. Oh, sure. What? All right, what's up? Okay, well, if me and my wife go on a three-day trip, she got seven pairs of shoes. These people are coming from other countries to move to United States. Where's their provisions? I mean, they're coming here empty pockets and everything, and who's paying for this stuff? Wait a second. You go on vacation for three days. Your wife takes three pairs of sh- seven pairs of shoes. Yeah. Come on. What do you fancy shoes or walking shoes? What do you mean? Look, you actually raise an interesting point. All those guys who got off the bus, and I didn't notice this until you brought it up. All those guys who got off the bus in Washington. You know how Governor Abbott arranged that. I didn't see any bags. I didn't see any. I didn't see any backpacks. I didn't. That's. I saw little slips, and they. It's not like they hung around for the guy to open up the cargo bay. You know the bay underneath. They just walked away. No bags. Yeah. Who the hell comes? Yeah. Who walks a thousand miles and doesn't bring a, a at least a, a water? Yeah. What do they call those uh, those silly things that I don't ever wear? Uh, the sacks around the middle. What are those things called? Oh, I don't know. Uh, fanny packs. Fanny packs. Okay. All right. It's a good point, man. Hey, how do you feel about the Senate? Uh, how, how do you feel, uh, Daryl? I need you on this. How do you feel about the Senate yeah. primary? Uh, I'm not sure. I, you know, actually, I haven't been paying attention yet. Are you, are you, what? Go on. No, you too. Uh, they're not really mentioning anything yet. They're not mentioning anything. McKackiesville really is uh, off in the uh, yonder there. They're mentioning it all the time. Do you have television? Do you have the internet? It's, it's, uh, I'm hearing about, I see the commercials and I'm in New York. Oh, wow. All right, listen, you know how I feel about Dr. Oz. If you don't, I think you should vote for him. Check it out, Daryl. Thank you. I have to go. My wife is here with my lunch. Thank you, darling. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, I'm getting really sick of Eric Adams. Bad guy, not up for the job whatsoever. And what I really, one of the things that bother me, folks in the media, folks, who give him so much credit when he says normal things. Oh, Eric Adams says he doesn't like crime. Wow. Uh, He actually says some pretty weird things, uh, But the media forget them. They don't keep track. When he does say something weird, they're not going to call him out on it because of identity politics, literally. Um, I mean, it's it's kind of incredible, but uh, the race, whatever race you are, determines what kind of reaction you'll get to what you say. And if uh, you happen to be a person of color, you have a hell of a lot more latitude to uh, say just about anything. So this isn't that outrageous, but it's kind of it's kind of weak 
So this guy just shot up a subway, right? All this stuff. He's still on the loose at this point. And Eric Adams, how does he put it? What does he say about him? Listen to this. Cut 43. People utilize social media and utilize uh, their thoughts on not only crit- criticizing or critiquing, but turning that uh, their thoughts and processing uh, into violence. This is unacceptable. Uh, there's one thing to critique the actions of any government official, but to take an automatic weapon, unload 33 rounds into a subway system, wearing a gas mask, using a a smoke bomb to carry out a deadly action is not acceptable, and we are going to apprehend him, prosecute him. It's not acceptable. <laughs> That's not acceptable. You have to do your work again and then bring it back, and then maybe we'll accept it. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Uh, de Blasio used to say this all the time. It's unacceptable. No matter how bad it was, you just say, oh, that's unacceptable. Four children were killed. That's unacceptable. It's not a grievous crime against civilization. No, it's unacceptable. Here's de Blasio. Remember that guy? What the hell ever happened to him, by the way? You won't see him no more. Cut 44. Look, the bottom line is anyone who assaults an officer, that's absolutely unacceptable. There must be consequences. We'll make sure the PD gets you an update on that investigation right away. That's absolutely unacceptable that that police officer who protects all of us, the guardian of civilization, would have been assaulted. That's just unacceptable. That's unacceptable. We will not accept that. Um, Now, here is Adam saying something that is kind of basic, stuff that you and I were saying in 2020 while he was saying, if you've got a problem with your uh, somebody committing a crime, uh, don't call the cops. Now, he said that. He told people, don't call the police when you're in the middle of a crime. Because the cops, you know you know them, they'll just come and start blasting, right? That's the cops for you. Don't call them. Go ahead and take care of it yourself. And some young lady actually followed his advice and got shot in the face. And she's dead now. I'll have more on that tonight at uh, 7 o'clock. Is that when my show's on? 7 o'clock. In the meantime, where is this guy talking about, oh, how... Uh, He's getting so much credit for this. Cut 36. We are watching signs around us of those who are leaning toward violent actions, and we are ignoring them. Why aren't we identifying these dangerous threats? Why aren't we being more more proactive instead of waiting for this to happen? And you look at how we're using social media right now uh, to put threats out there carry out dangerous actions, and there are clear correlations between what's being posted and what's being carried out in our streets, in this case and in many other cases. Well, kind of all over the place there. But whenever he says remotely something, um, you know, common sense, there's like an excessive amount of praise. And I even see Fox News. Oh, this is so enlightened. And wow, this is great. We have to really encourage this. They don't watch him like we watch him, all right? That's a nat- we watch this guy. We see him, and we know him. This guy's been hanging around New York since 1990, causing all kinds of trouble and uh, bad-mouthing the cops, undermining the cops, no interest in arresting anybody, just bragging about having been a cop. It's, um, and no, no ability whatsoever. you got to remember this. Just because he was a police captain doesn't mean anything. He conned his way, and you don't need that much support anymore to become mayor. You know, there were 200 police captains on the scene the other day. Do you think they needed one more who had a spotty record from 20 years ago? No, they didn't. Um, Not at all.
Wait, somebody else wants to say something about uh, Pennsylvania. Brian, hello. Uh, yes, how you doing? Who are you? Um, my name's Brian from Pittsburgh area, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, you're going to vote for Dr. Uh, Oz, right? Not on your life. Uh, Brian, Bri- yeah, Rhino. Hey, let me just ask you this real quick. You know, Donald Trump, did you ever see him say that he was pro-choice? Well, I'm talking about Dr. Oz. Yeah, no, 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 no. You, you, if you, do you like Trump? You like yes, Trump, I right? Do. Well, but he's not perfect. Trump has endorsed anti-Trumpers, never Trumpers. He's made mistakes. Look, Oz is a real deal, and I'm not Oz. I know him personally. He can open your chest and save your life. What the hell can uh, McCormick do? Take your job and send it to China. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and informative. I think it's about a third of all news stories now relate to uh, issues of gender. And the, uh, the the big one is transgender, of course, trans female, trans whatever, trans this. This one, I will say, is interesting. Uh, inmates at New Jersey female prison get pregnant by trans women. This is in the Daily Mail. Let's see. The pregnant women are housed at the embattled Edna Mahan Correctional Facility, that's in Clinton, which New Jersey governor announced that he would close. He'll get around to it someday, I'm sure. Boy, oh boy, what a phony that guy is, huh? White supremacy. Murphy, yeah. Uh, it is unclear if the women had sex with the same transgender woman. Edna Mahan houses 27 transgender prisoners and over 800 cisgender women. Cisgender being uh, a woman who believes she's a woman, right? Right. Uh, I guess I'm cisgender, but I don't like that way that sounds. I just don't like the the cisgender. I don't want to be called sissy either. The correctional facility began to house inmates by gender identity last year after reaching a settlement in a lawsuit brought by a trans woman and the ACLU. Oh, that's great. So you see this, a man, some guy, born a guy, and then at some point in his life uh, decides, no, I identify as a woman, starts taking the hormones, gets some sort of surgery, has the upper body strength, has the leg strength, has all that stuff going on as a man. But you got this individual running around the women's prison. That's obviously a problem. I mean, look, if we insist on having a new gender, which I think is ludicrous, but if we insist on having a new gender, we Obviously, need new everything. We'll need new prisons. We'll need new uh, sports leagues. We'll need new bathrooms. If you want to play this way, Democrats, you're going to have to start building new prisons, huh? I wonder if that would take the uh, the enthusiasm for the transgender stuff away. In recent years, Edna Mahan, the facility, has grappled with reports of widespread abuses and systemic failures. Ten prison guards face criminal charges stemming from an alleged assault on inmates, including a transgender woman in January of 2020. Uh, That's basically a story right there. Prison bosses said that in both instances, the sex was consensual. Prison. Hmm. It is unclear if the women had sex with the... Okay, I already said that. Uh, The correctional facility. This is ludicrous. I mean, you just can't have a... You can't have a guy in the women's prison. All right, period. 
You got to have your own special unit and keep them away. You got to put them in this different building. Put them in Attica. Put them in Sing Sing. Put them. They got to have their own wing, their own little place, their own little camp. And keep them out of the swimming pool with the girls. Boy, that seems like a million years ago. What was her name in University of Pennsylvania? Leah Thomas? Nobody talks about that anymore. Um, is she graduating or what? She went the way of the pink-haired soccer player. Rapino, Rapino. Boy, oh boy, what a pain in the neck she was. And I can't stand women's soccer, by the way. I know everybody says they love it. I actually don't like soccer. I kind of like playing it when I was eight. But, you know, after that, uh, for the women, the field is entirely too big. And it's just they have no ball control. I'm not trying to make a pun. I mean, they just have the, they they kick the ball and they run after it. And they just it goes from one team to the next way too easily. And it's just it's like a big game of chase the ball. And it stinks. What's the other one? Oh, men's soccer is a little bit better, but it goes on forever. You never know if they're going to score. You know, it's just it's it's not my thing. I think it became a thing. It just became like a like a like a status symbol, like a virtue signal. Oh, I'm all for uh, what do they say? My my favorite uh, club is Manchester United or Chelsea or I don't. People just love being familiar with these European teams. Madrid twenty nine four zero whatever. It's just it's that kind of thing. Oh. Did you see there was another controversial police shooting, although it's not controversial in my book, in Michigan? A white police officer and the dead man, I'm going to give it away, the dead man who resisted the cop every single step of the way, who did it, who got out of the car when the guy said, stay in the car, who ran away when he said stop, who did everything wrong, including stealing the cop's stun gun, and trying to stun the officer with it. Well, I'm sorry. That's when you're going to get shot. And that's what happened. But I watched this, and I watched it closely. Here's the first portion, all right? The, the, it's, a, it's an order, ordinary traffic stop. I think the guy had the license plates on backwards or something like that. Cop pulls him over. Listen. Hit it. Any day now. Hello. You don't have this? Well, yes, no, maybe. It's okay. All right, I'll tell you what's happening, uh, although I can't see it myself. Basically, the guy just, well, as I just said, hey, do me a favor and work on that because we've been talking about it for a while. That's okay. Um, hmm. Oh, so I was thinking, what is this guy thinking when he does that, when he resists? You want to give me a sign? Do we have it yet or what? You're just looking at me now funny. All right, you keep saying one. Does that mean one minute? Does that mean one second? All right, so I'm wondering if this guy is thinking of Joe Biden and all the stuff he said about police, all the stuff that Joy Reid has said about police and how racist they are. Are we ready now? Okay, go. Stay in the car. No, no, no. no. Stop, stop. Put your hand All right, you cut this thing all wrong. Never mind, not you, but... Uh, you can see the thought bubble in his head. He's like, on TV, they say, I should resist. On TV, they say, this guy has no authority. On TV, they tell me the cops are racist and America is racist. On TV, they celebrate George Floyd. What did George Floyd do? He resisted the cops. That all happened. 
That all happened. And I, I can almost see this guy thinking it. So when the cop says, stay in the car, he's like, why, 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 why? Because I'm a cop and I'm giving you a lawful order. No, that's not good enough anymore. And he thinks some more and he thinks some more. Guy tries to turn him around. That's when he runs away. Then he gets tackled. And he says, stop resisting. And instead of stopping resisting, he keeps resisting. And then there's more struggle. And then the guy loses his taser gun. He takes the taser. And then you hear the taser go off. And he says, the cop says, drop the taser. And you still hear the taser. It's like, and it looks like the guy's about to possibly turn the cop over and then be in complete charge of the cop. So the cop shoots him. And I think it's a righteous killing. So they're showing this on national news. I see it on the Today Show today. I see it all over the place. Grave questions have been raised. And, of course, I think back to Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt wasn't wrestling with Michael Byrd on the ground. Ashley Babbitt didn't steal Michael Byrd's stun gun. You know, these are all things that had Ashley Babbitt done them. Yeah, she could have been shot. Should have been shot. But, no, she's eight feet away from Michael Byrd, not coming after him, going in a direction where there are no people. But the House chamber is our citadel of democracy. It's a municipal building. It is a government facility. Shut up with this sacred crap. Nothing sacred about it. It's a room. You think there's something sacred about Jerry Nadler's office? No, there isn't. There's something really, really sick happening. And they have scared so many people and they're just going along with it. Because they don't want to be canceled. They don't want to be called out. They don't want to be bullied by their neighbors or somebody say something bad about them on Facebook. I'm telling you, man, if you get through that, if you get to the point where the criticism doesn't matter, you are free. You are free. And let me tell you, it's true. I didn't understand it. When I first heard it, love your enemies and all that stuff, like, you know, you can love your enemies. I absolutely do. I absolutely do. I really do. I don't like them. But I love him. This is all happening for a reason. And he wants to accomplish things through us. I am convinced. Ike, how about you? You're in Brooklyn. Ike, hello. What kind of name is Ike, anyway? Ike's not talking. Louie in Coney Island. Hello, Louie. Hey, buddy. How are you, Greg? Greg, I have a request for the mayor and the police commissioner to, uh, uh, especially after a week or two days when 32 people were shot, I'm not talking about uh, Mr. James. I'm talking about 15 people who were shot over the last 24 hours, one innocent bystander killed. Yeah. And the mayor made uh, a statement this morning that these people were definitely all black uh, New Yorkers. They were. I have, if, this, if the mayor and the police commissioner don't wise up, and put New York City police hey, you're breaking up. Are you on the beach again, uh, Louis? Actually, today I'm not. Can you hear me now? So, so. Where are you? I'm home. <laughs> you know what I miss, quite frankly? Can Nobody. You hear me? Yeah, kind of. You don't have a landline, do you? Nobody uses landlines anymore. We have them at work, and nobody uses them. I'm sitting at this big phone. It comes from, like, it's just, like, huge. It's huge. It's plastic. It's got all these buttons on it, and... I have no. I, it, nobody picks it up. Nobody. I, I. I. I don't know. And let's face it. You know, landlines. 
If cell phones were invented first, somebody would have invented landlines and they would have been called a genius. Remember, you know how secure it is, how it always works, never fails. It, from 19, wait, from 1895 to the year 2005, in the entire history of landline phones, nobody ever said, can you hear me now? No one ever said that on a landline phone. Ever. And now, half my life, can you hear me now? To the point that we don't like to talk on the phone. You just like to text people. And uh, actually, now, I enjoy texting my friends, but you get a work text, it's like email now. And forget email. Forget it. Everybody has your email address. I mean, uh, Amazon sold it to everybody. Who do I have emails from right now? I mean, it's it's I can't. It's totally useless. All all a core live limitless. The Washington Post. Now, how the hell I don't like that newspaper. Um, Veterans Advantage. I'm sure they're good, but I have, I don't have time. AM New York. Uh, Politico. Dick Morris. Good guy. I would read that. Um, Blake Morgan. Who the hell's Blake Morgan? Who are these people? Blake Morgan, my music video out today. Pop, rock, noir, culture catch. Shot entirely. Uh, who cares? How do they get my email address? This has become totally, totally useless. And then when I do get something that I want or I hear about something, I can't find it. For instance, I like the Donald Trump emails. Right from his office, the office of 45. And whenever one comes, I get it. But I can't find the damn thing. It's clogged and all that stuff. I really do sound a bit like a malcontent. I love life. I love it. I do. I do. I'm happy. Um, except I do need a digital. I need I need my brother. Everybody has somebody in their family who really knows technology and the passwords and like I just all the and the cloud and what do they call that other thing? Dropbox. I need it. I I have now, you know, 50,000 pictures that I've accumulated. I can't believe I've taken that many. I mean, but anyway, I've got th- tens of thousands of pictures. No idea how to find one. When I want to find one, it takes me a half hour it, 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 before I give up usually. Mike, does any of my do any of my woes make you feel sorry for me? Mike is in North uh where are you? North Halden. And yeah, your woes, I feel for your woes, Greg. Thank you. What's up? Yes. Uh earlier you were talking about Trump uh rejecting the, the the exemption from Facebook and Twitter when it wasn't his fault. Section 230. Well, look, uh, you t- you'll tell me in a second, but he was talking about it a lot more than he was doing things on it. Right, Mike? He was. It was put into a package for a COVID relief, and Mitch McConnell, I believe, was the tie vote that could have made it pass through and rolled over. Mike, Mike that vote. may be in that case, but... And I love Trump, and I love him as a person, and I love him as a politician. I love his policies, but nobody's flawless. And he was, quite frankly, excuse me, dicking around a little bit too much on that one. He really was. And he was tweeting, you know, should I? I could. You know, I could, Mike. I could do this, and they better straighten up. Or I Remember all that? There was plenty of theatrics, and I love the theatrics. And I, I think he does regret some of that, uh, not, not pulling the trigger on a lot of things. He he actually, well, that's how I feel. All I know is that Mitch was the vote that could have made it happen, and he well, rolled Mitch, over. Well, Mitch, Mitch, I mean, look, you know, Mitch McConnell. I mean, look, 
we all know about Mitch. You know, you got to find a way around Mitch. And uh, I think he could have done it through executive order, perhaps. Uh, I think that was within the purview of the FCC. And I think he had enough uh, votes on the FCC to make it happen. I don't know. But uh, I think it's something he he regrets. And we'll see. We'll see. He'll be back. He will be back. Thanks, Mike. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Wow, Black Lives Matter totally busted the leadership. Told you they were frauds. Uh, everybody knew it, but uh, still, in a, in a wave, a tsunami wave of virtue signaling, everybody threw money at Black Lives Matter, and uh, without checking them out, without vetting them, you know, to get money from, say, I don't know, the Apple Foundation, all these big companies, they have philanthropic arms and uh, uh, foundations, and they give money, they donate money, but usually you have to apply for the money. You have to, they, they make grants, and you got to apply. If you're a charity, you can apply to one of these, you know, the MacArthur Foundation or something like that, and they'll cut you a check after they vet you and check you out. But after George Floyd... A bunch of uh, nervous corporate types who did not want protesters beating down their doors uh, just started writing checks for Black Lives Matter and putting Black Lives Matter paraphernalia all over their website. And I'm not talking about, you know, hipster coffee shops in um, Williamsburg. I'm talking about IBM, International Business Machine, Apple Computer, uh, <laughs> biggest names in corporate America started just uh, just kneeling, literally kneeling. And throwing money at Black Lives Matter. IBM was, re- you know, you ever see the logo for IBM? It's 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 like kind of a an interesting, artistic, abstract IBM. It's white with a blue, light blue, sky blue background. Well, they got rid of that. Uh, they made it all black. And the I, I think, was red. The B was uh, yellow. And the M was green for the Black Lives Matter colors. And then they they had a silly race pledge that everybody was supposed to take. I vow to see Afrocentricity and to see matters through the eyes of people of color. This is stuff that white people were supposed to do. It was it was horrible. It was straight out of a nightmare. But that's how I don't know. People are like sheep. Corporate the corporate types are the worst. Really, they really are. Um, so many of those guys are desperate at the top. They really are. I think the who kind of epitomizes it all is Robert Iger. Robert Iger ran Disney for a long time. He's got. He is the oh boy, is he cool? He is one. You know, he's very slim. He's uh, wears the right clothes. You ever notice the people in on top are almost always like fit and in shape. Because they're, they're, they know that so much of what they do is politics. For the rest of us, we just got to get the job done, you know? And when you get the job done, what do you do sometimes? You know, you, you work really hard. You don't have time to take care of yourself. I think that's why I got this dad bod thing that I, I don't like, and I'm really, really, really working to turn it around. I just don't have time, and I don't have time to, I don't know, just polish myself all the time. Polish and polish and polish. And that's what these guys, these corporate types, at the very top. And the last thing these guys want is attention. I mean, they would love their picture in Forbes magazine. That kind of thing is great. Nice little safe profile. But when they start, you know, 
showing up outside and protesting, they totally freak. And they give the mob whatever they want. And they usually do it in the, why didn't they learn from Trump? You know, they were too busy, half of America, being horrified by Trump. They didn't say, well, wait a second, maybe this guy knows something that we don't, right? I mean, here he is, never been in politics before, runs for president, first time out. How many Republicans did he beat? 17 other Republicans, career politicians, beats them all. Beats Jeb Bush, son of a president, brother of a president. Wipes the floor with him. And, oh, boy, do the Bushes hate him now. Oh, they hate him. All those guys. Remember Ted Cruz, Rubio, all those guys. They were lusting their entire lives to be president. Beat them all. And then Hillary Clinton. When did she become the first lady of Arkansas? And basically the deputy governor of Arkansas. 1978. She's been in uh, politics, right? Long, long time. All that time there. And first lady and senator and secretary of state. Trump, lock her up. She's a crook. And everybody goes wild. And that wasn't just some casual. This, oh, he's good. He, he More than good, he's a genius. And he learned about criticism, by the way. I learned a lot about how to take criticism. It's And if they're not criticizing you, might not be trying hard enough. Might not be making your case Strong enough. But corporate types, no. What do they do? They look at the stupid playbook that was written in 1987. Whenever they come for your company, whenever they're mad, apologize immediately, announce corrective action, put out a statement, say you're sorry, all that stuff. And um, that's why why they're there. And Trump is, uh, I think, coming back as president. Again, a lot to learn from him. I would recommend, if you never read it, and most people haven't, The Art of the Deal by President Trump. It's actually amazing. Great stuff in there. Rules for life. I'll be right back. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, it's pretty cool. Alan Dershowitz, the law professor, is a friend of mine. I think the guy's great. Harvard Law Professor Emeritus. Uh, What's his most famous case? Uh, Well, he worked on OJ. I've actually talked to him about that. And uh, he says, look, my job wasn't the guilt or innocence. My job was to find out if uh, such and such piece of evidence was contaminated. And he insists that it was. What else? uh, Who else did he get? Oh, Klaus von Bülow. Remember Klaus von Bülow and Sonny? Um, He overturned that conviction on appeal. Some people think he won the uh, acquittal. He didn't. He, he threw out the conviction on appeal. He, he worked on the appeal. And then Thomas Puccio was the lawyer who represented Klaus for the main trial and got the acquittal. And Thomas Puccio, I think, died a few years ago. I was a fond of him. I never met him, but he went to Fordham College and Fordham Law School. And I thought, all right. Um, I like that. I like uh, I like Fordham guys. Uh, oh, so what is Dershowitz doing lately? He's representing a couple of the January 6th defendants, and I love it that he's involved. He's like, look, these people have a constitutional right to uh, uh, the First Amendment. They can say whatever they want. I may disagree with their views, um, but there's absolutely no doubt that many of them were allowed into the Capitol by police and therefore cannot be charged with trespassing. No signs that indicated 
uh, trespassing or no trespassing or turnaround or else, nothing like that. And now we have evidence, solid. Well, not now. We've had it. But there's even more. They have found more. The government very reluctantly has uh, released more videotape. And what you're about to hear is, uh, well, you'll what I will see is video, uh, but you'll hear a narrator kind of describing exactly what's going on, how the cops are facilitating protesters coming into the Capitol. It's really something else. Cut 60. At 2.44 p.m., a police officer in the bottom of the screen can be seen speaking to the officers in front of them and pulling them away, indicating to the crowd that they are allowed to enter. The officers then turn their backs to the crowd, which indicate that they did not possess fear of the protesters. The officers then escort the crowd into the interior of the Capitol. All right. Uh, Granted, that wasn't the most dramatic thing you ever heard, but when it's coupled with the pictures, I mean, they're escorting the guys into the Capitol. What is going on with that? Why hasn't the fake news been talking about it? Well, they're fake. And on my show, since January 7th, I've been showing you the little cop waving people in. I've been showing you the cops on the sides of the hallway, standing on either side as people come in. I've been showing you the cops taking selfies with protesters. I've been showing you the cops in riot gear who are just standing there, even though one of the protesters is begging them to come a few feet away to help people, and they won't. They just stand there. Very, very fishy. And, of course, and of course, most of all, what happened to Ashley Babbitt. Ashley Babbitt and how the media just doesn't care. And one of the reasons they don't care is because she is a white woman. Yep, absolutely. It's ideology. And remember, when it comes to ideology, well, white supremacy is the priority of America. Fighting it, stamping it out wherever it is, pretending that it's everywhere when it's really four guys in West Virginia. That's it. Pretending that the capital, everything, all of our institutions built, the very foundations All of it, racism, slavery, white supremacy. You see relatively previously normal people pushing this stuff. Some are just going with the flow. Some, very few, actually believe it. Um, But there it is. And who's beating the drum most loudly of all? Uh, our president, and uh, I do have him. Where is this stuff where he's saying all that stuff about the stuff, please? We've got, ah, here we go. Cut 47, please. We're confronting the stains of what remains the deep stain in the soul of the nation. Hate and white supremacy. And the violent, deadly insurrection on the Capitol nine months ago, it was about white supremacy. Terrorism from white supremacy is the most lethal threat to the homeland today. Not ISIS, not Al-Qaeda, white supremacists. Focus on how to deal with the rise of white supremacy. We know now we must confront and defeat political extremism, white supremacy, and domestic terrorism. We've taken steps to acknowledge and address systemic racism and the scourge of white supremacy in our own country. Scourge, right? Scourge. So he likes to say that, and everybody also says Trump. His rhetoric, that's what brought on January 6th, right? Fake news, cut 46. 
Obviously, Trump keeps lying about the election, and it's already led to violence once. It, it could uh, lead to violence again. There is no doubt Trump's words incited not just a, a, a protest. This was not a right. This was an insurrection, uh, a violent, fatal rebellion on the nation's capital. The GOP is at a turning point over Trump's repeated lies about election fraud, which incited the deadly January insurrection at the Capitol. And warning, Trump's language could provoke violence again. See how categorical they are? They've already made up their minds. Now, I'm more familiar with Trump's language, what he said, when he said it, how he said it, than they are. And I know they're lying. But let's say for a moment, let's say for a moment that, yeah, Trump really fired people up. Okay, if you believe that, then you have to believe this, that on the left, what you've been saying about our country, about our institutions, about our history, you have inspired leftist maniacs. Like James, Frank James, who opened fire just the other day. Four days before Frank James opens fire on that subway car, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary comes to Al Sharpton's National Action Network for who the hell knows what reason. I've been to that place. It's like a homeless shelter, by the way. It really is. So many decrepit, weird people walking around. And the Department of Homeland Security Secretary goes there to say this. Cut 48. The greatest terrorism-related threat that we face in the homeland is the threat of domestic violent extremism. Individuals drawn to violence because of ideologies of hate or false narratives propagated on social media and other online platforms. And the most prominent um, threat is the threat of white supremacists. The most prominent threat is the threat of white supremacists. So when's the last time a white supremacist has been arrested in America? Let me know. Think about it. Tell me. A white supremacist arrested in America. Hmm? Where are the arrests? Where are the arrests? Where, where, where are they? What? You're going to push that January 6th BS? No, that won't help you. That won't count. Where, where is it going down? When? Now I see, quite frankly, people of color fired up by this kind of rhetoric going nuts all over the place. Waukesha, Wisconsin. Yeah. Heck, Half the shootings of police officers these days. Dallas. Do you remember what happened in Dallas a couple of years ago? Five police. I think it was how many? Ten police officers were shot and killed. And the guy behind it happened to be a person of color. And the FBI said this is black. Black identity extremism. B.I.E. is what they called it. Until they were told not to. Oh, no, don't call it that. No, 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 no. we got to put this all under one. Just call it extremism. got to call it white supremacy extremism. Yeah, just keep it under that umbrella. All extremism is white supremacy extremism. Right? So we have jihadists now that are being lumped under the white extremist umbrella. Check out Miranda Devine in today's New York Post. And boy, oh, boy, thank God for her. Uh, Al is on the phone. Fort Lauderdale. Hey, that's where that... Quarterback was walking on the street, uh, the highway. Uh, the guy Hawkins from Pittsburgh, Haskins. Yeah, Al, what the yeah. hell happened with that guy? Do we know anything else? I don't. I, I'm not sure. 
Mr. Kelly. Oh. I wanted to call you first to tell you that you have a wonderful show on WABC, and I listen to you on Newsmax because I'm blind. Oh. My TV is a great radio. Oh, that's excellent. I know pal. you can't say Newsmax, but I can. Yeah, I say it all the and time. Newsmax, Newsmax, Newsmax. I love it. Um, although, well, never mind. Uh, so, Mike, wait. Uh, were you born without sight? Re-election, and he's up against... Uh, wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out. Wait, wait. I know you're talking about Mike Lee in Utah, but just a quick question about your condition. Were you born this way? I mean, uh, the only problem with Mike Lee, for all me, right. I mean... I, I couldn't care less if Romney uh, favors him. Uh, and hopefully in 2024, when Romney runs for re-election, he's thrown out. But but Mike Lee, the only thing with him, didn't he try to pass a law in the Senate where they um, to promote hiring people from other countries? I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't. What do you care so much about Mike Lee? He's in Utah. You're in Florida. We need all the senators we can get. Well, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. Hey, listen, back to you, Al. Um, when you were born, were you born blind? No, I had a very bad accident uh, five years ago, and uh, I was uh, blinded by the accident. I fractured my spine. Oh, gosh. And I, I went deaf in the left ear. and. Uh, mm major bleeding in the brain and yeah so was, sorry uh, pal can i ask what happened what happened what, what kind of accident i was in a i was being transported in my wheelchair in a vehicle and uh the driver uh when uh, they pulled into the parking lot of the clinic that i was going to un- unhooked the wheelchair and started to pull me out on the ramp and you know there's a plate at the end of the ramp that stays upright until you get to the ground and then it goes flat and you roll off well the plate was flat up in the air and i fell three feet in my wheelchair and on uh, as a result of that accident uh, yeah i'm so, so sorry it pal took yeah me, uh, took me six years or five years to settle but uh, let's just say they paid for it let's uh well al hey man i'm so thankful that you listen and you watch and um Mike Lee, I'll check him out. I had him on the show once. I think one thing he did, I don't, he did something that bothers me now. What did he do? He said something nasty about Trump, and I don't think he, might have been something about January 6th. There was some weird thing, but he seems like a smart guy. I got to check him out. I want Romney gone. He thinks he's going to be president. You know that, right? He really is gunning for president in uh, 24. My, uh, Rubio? No, no, Romney. Mike? Romney. Ooh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Adios. He's <laughs> running. He's re-election in twenty-four. Hopefully, they'll throw his ass out. I don't know. <laughs> okay, oh, throw his sorry. ass out, Al. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, let's do another one. Oh, Marsha is in Clifton, New Jersey. Yes. Hello. Hello. Yes. You're on the air. Praise the Lord, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh hi. Yeah, you. Praise the Lord, Greg. Uh, welcome back. Oh happy for you and your show that you address all of these issues. So the biggest issue for me right now is the sex education, the mandate by Governor Murphy. So I have a number that us New Jerseyans can call to voice our opposition 
to this program he's really ramping up for September. All right. What are what, what what are we calling? First, tell me what we're calling, and then we'll tell, give the number. What what are we going to call his office? It's about the sex education. Yeah, I know what mandate. it's about. I know what it's about. But who are we going to call about it? It's his office, Murphy's oh, office. Oh, I love it. All right. Yeah, give the number. It's six zero nine six zero nine. 292. 292. 6,000. 6,000. That sounds like I'm going to get some general number. I called it yesterday and a woman answered. Really? Let me call it right now. Yes. Let's see what happens. Uh, okay. Wait, hold on. Hold on. That Let's just great. see. And what happened? You said what you said and what do you, what, what, what happened then? Yeah, they're just taking, they're just taking, because I said you don't need my, my name, my address. She says, no, we're just doing a poll. So that's what I was told. What? So I want to I'm talk to the governor. Trying. I want to talk. <laughs> All right, hold on. One, one, excuse me. One six zero nine two nine two six thousand. Right. All right. Let's see. Yeah. Hold on a second. Hold on. Let me put them. Hello, and thank you for calling the office of the New Jersey Governor. Our regular office hours are Monday through Friday, eight thirty a.m. to five p.m. Yeah, that's right now. On weekends and all state holidays. Your call is important to us. Please either call back to our normal business. Hours, it is. You are welcome to email us at constituents.relations at nj.gov. Shut up. I want to talk to a person. Maybe I'll leave a message. Hold on. This is not annoying. at nj.gov. Remember, many of your questions can be answered oh. by visiting our website. Oh, is it giving me the runaround? You can send us a message directly by visiting the contact us portion of the website. I'm calling you right now. I don't want the... Why do they even have a phone number? Your message will be assigned to a governor's... Oh, shush. Marsha, do you hear all this? This did... Yes, I do. You see, they're hanging up on me now. You see the runaround. I knew it. I knew it. I wanted to leave them such a nasty message. Oh well, well, I bet you they're being inundated with these calls because she said yesterday that they were getting a lot of calls. So, well, I, you so know I'm what? Sure. He's very busy fighting white supremacy. That Governor Murphy. Remember that? Remember that big fat lie he told when he was so desperate because he was on the verge of losing? Do you remember that? Yes, he's yeah. a liar. All right. Hey, wait, one thing. Uh, to, uh, the New Jersey sex ed mandate, just say, uh, what, 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 what is the mandate? What do they want to do? Don't tell me they want to teach transgender stuff to first graders. Well, second graders, they're teaching. That's even, uh, that's bad. Body. Yeah. All right, we got to stop that. Teach about oral sex and anal sex, and uh, it's just ludicrous. But they're, we're, this is the most liberal agenda Throughout the United States, what Murphy is putting out there. No, he's a real crazy person, and uh, this should be stopped. It, it is. I think he's just afraid of the mob. He's a, he's a scared man like so many uh, others on the left. Thank you, Marsha, very, very much. Yeah, they're afraid of the mob, so they join the mob. That's what happens. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. listening to the Greg Kelly show Hey it's Easter this weekend right Easter wow and then what else is there going on I do want to say something about celebrity and fame 
who knows who Christina Hawk is? Christina Hawk, or I'm sorry, Christina Hack? H-A-A-C-K. There's an exclusive in the New York Post. Christina Hack sells fresh, freshly purchased oceanfront home for $11.5 million. Christina Hack is ready to expand her living space with husband Joshua Hall. And you're supposed to know who these people are? I have no idea. None. Zero. And every time I look at the newspaper, I don't know who they're talking about when it comes to pop culture, uh, uh, TikToker, all that stuff. And look, it's fine, and it's okay. It's changed, though, and it's making us less of a country, actually. Not very long ago, we all had the same points of reference, the same similar standards. There were standards of a community. Now there are no more standards. You have your little subset community and everything, your little, 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 they call it a tribe. I don't think tribe is the right word, but just your little clique almost within society and what's important to you guys. So we are less of a society as a result. I mean, I put this next to pictures of, say, Steve McQueen and Ali McGraw, Dave Bowie and uh, Iman. Remember her? Uh, who else? Frank Sinatra and... and. Uh, who was that girl with the short hair? Mia Farrow, Burt Reynolds, and Londy Anderson. I mean, we still have some of that. We have Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez again, but they were famous before cell phones. They were they've been famous for thirty years. Those people. What does it mean? I don't know. Maybe it's not significant, but I think it actually is significant. You know, something very strange happened in 2013 when this city elected. De Blasio to be the mayor. De Blasio. City was really at an all-time high. Peace, tranquility, prosperity. And somehow a guy got into office who said to hell with all of that. To hell with all of that. We want, uh, this is not progress. We want something else. We want something else. And I'll never forget Somehow he conned people. They conned people into thinking that that was all that stuff was not. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on. I see a friend of mine on the street. This almost never happens. I see somebody I know walking on Third Avenue. How about that? I love it. I just took a picture of them. I'm going to send it to them in the villa. <laughs> oh, wow. So <clears throat> de Blasio was able to tell people that New York uh, police were racist and discriminating against black people and got a very small number of people to believe him. You don't have to get the entire city. You don't have to kind of move masses. You have to move a very small number to get into power these days. And that's what he did. Because as he's lying about the police department, something extraordinary happened in 2013, and tomorrow I'll play it. Barack Obama comes to town. It's about June or so, I believe, middle of the year. And there was a, the Homeland Security Secretary had just left and guess who Barack Obama was interested in hiring for that job? Ray Kelly. Said, well, I don't know if he's available, but Ray Kelly is the best there is. And I, if he's interested, I'd love to have a talk with him. Now, this is when another Democrat is running a fake campaign at that very moment, saying the New York City police have been unfairly discriminating against black men for 20 years. Uh, you can create whatever reality you want if... 
you only have to appeal to a small number of people, and that's all you have to really do these days. The powerful, in the Democrat at least, the powerful are the far left. That's pretty small, but everybody else is afraid of them. So they wield a disproportionate amount of power. Hope that makes sense. I hope it. All right, last call of the day. I'm sorry, everybody. Tony is standing by in uh, in White Plains. Hi, Tony. Tony? Uh-oh, we lost him. Well, that certainly, I guess that's not the last call of the day. Wait, all right, Artie in Delray Beach. Artie, yes. Hey, Greg. Uh, I, I, I think it's safe to say that, that uh, Hunter Biden is, is probably not happy with his father. And the other day you had, had mentioned that he, uh, Hunter, had written to his daughter. With, I don't know, tell me if I'm correct, that he wanted to feel important. He said to his father, when his father asked him when he was a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? And Hunter's response was, I want to be important. And Joe said to him, instead of saying, are you crazy? That's not how life works. you got to be good to people. He said, I know what you mean, son. Crazy. I'll see you tonight at Newsmax at 7. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.